0: Uh, welcome to Sync Ratios. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Ben Collins. I'm your other host, Luke Pietrowski. And uh, you know we're here again. Hopefully you've hopefully this isn't the first time you've listened to it. That would be really weird. Um, but this is uh, episode um, zero
1: th- three. This is yeah zero 03. because we're talking about episode zero 03. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um,
0: of Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is the show that we're watching that we walk you through commentary you know. of yeah, which you hopefully sure. you know at this point um but
1: now what i've noticed is that every episode we talked about this last time a little bit but that there are basically two titles for every episode there's the title you get at the top and there's the title that you get at the eye catcher uh, mm-hmm. the ADV DVDs that we were using to to watch this List the the midpoint titles. Mm -hmm. I'm discovering that I vastly prefer the the first title because for this one, I think it's a transfer is the the midpoint, but at the top of it, it's called the phone that doesn't ring. Or um, the
0: silent phone, I think, is the translation
1: in this which one, which is also very good. Because
0: you're, you you We should say you're referencing a book. Bu- a... I'm
1: referencing the Essential Evangelion Chronicle Side A, which was it's a collection and a translation. It got released here in America a couple years ago, um, but it was a series of like magazines that came out. I don't know if it was concurrent with the show uh, or a little bit after, but sort of you know nerd guide stuff that you'd find in an otaku shop where it kind of yeah. breaks down some of the episode titles and um you know the the tech and the world of the show
0: um basically. Yeah, so that's so, so you're you're sort of referencing that but like like as we said before uh we're watching the Platinum Collection DVD set which is different from the perfect collection or whatever it was called. Right, which before. which
1: may be different from whatever Netflix puts up. and yeah, how we have they no idea. Translate the titles. Sometimes you'll see English words in some of them, but uh, but yeah. It, so the phone that never rings or the silent phone, I, I find to be really powerful. And last time we had the unfamiliar ceiling. I think was the mm-hmm. first one, and then the beast was the midpoint title. And you know, beast is a fine title, but unfamiliar ceiling is so much better. So. And I just love the way that the phone that doesn't ring um, pays off here at the end of the episode. But real quick, to just sort of run through the credits, this is one that has... Uh, the first air date was on October 18th, 1995, with a script by Akio Satsukawa and Hideaki Anno. And then the director this time is Hiroyuki Ishido, Um who is not, uh, this is a, a new director. Yeah. Yeah. You know, different than, than the last two. I
0: wonder if, I mean, this it, is just me, I, my own curiosity. I, I wonder if Ano's really co writing all of them or if that's just kind of like a, like how an IMDb, the show creator, just gets a, gets a credit on it, you know, like his listed. It's a, it's head, a, it's a good
1: question. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's as this the general series director, I'm
0: sure he's got his fingers in. in yeah. I'm not doubting and... that he you know, was involved. I'm just sort of curious about how, the, how those things, responsibilities like writer's room stuff totally. breaks down in Japan. I would love to know that. And I don't think. I don't think we'll ever. I don't know who would we ever get to ask that. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Um, but so there's a lot of shit in this episode, and so
1: do so we want to? I, I want at some point talk about the opening credits, but we can save that for a later episode because those will be here every, every yeah.
0: time. Well, I want to just cover. I want to cover as much of the plot stuff for for uh, like our own purposes, in just in terms of like so you know like we open on it, it, like at some point they say that it's been about three weeks since the last. Episode We saw the events of this episode are about three weeks later and we open on Shinji uh, is is training. He's sort of in like the X-Men danger room. Yeah. type of thing where he's uh,
1: very dispassionately going through the yeah. motions of the training. Um, we can see how hard this whole thing is hitting
0: him. Yeah, which is which is, you know, that picks up in the same emotional tone as we sort of left him in in terms of like, you know, the guilt and the the the, the feeling of, you know, numbness that that this sort of thing causes him and the emotional trouble with it but yeah he's learning to fire this rifle thing at uh imaginary targets that look like the angel satchel that we saw last time and And i think this is the first
1: time they talk about the umbilical cable yes right and right off the bat
0: ritzko's explaining that to him that like it's like you have like five minutes basically if the umbilicus is broken and
1: this this is an ultraman thing this is it is yeah this is ultraman has a color timer and he has like three minutes, typically all the different Ultramen, to to use their power and like when the and then when the his color time will start to flash and that means that he's running out of time. And that, you know, is basically for the last three minutes of every Ultraman episode, you get just monster straight, <laughs> three minutes of monster fights, and mm-hmm. then the the thing is flashing and he's gotta go. So this is sort of a riff on that, and then it plays into all the Evangelion imagery of that we already have him in this sea of amniotic fluid inside of this robot and now we have this umbilical they call it an umbilical cable mm-hmm. which is like an umbilical cord that is connecting them to the to the home base so we're playing out all those nice freudian and maternal uh images as well and, and then it just as you know it amps up the stakes for for the fights
0: yeah and it's in it going and again it ties into the just you know i i really enjoy the reality of all this that like yeah i mean like god knows i don't know enough about I'm not a gaffer, so I don't know enough about like wattage or voltage or whatever. But like <laughs> imagining a machine of that size right. being powered, it's like, yeah, I mean that that's a that's a that was that's a lot, and it wouldn't, you know, you don't just make a robot thing that can just fly around and jump just f- forever. Like, what is powering it? How are these things working? You right, know, it makes it very grounded. Yeah. And then, and then from there we get into some speaking of grounded into some more of Shinji's life and what it actually looks like for him to be because it's you know this and this is the sort of like almost like Harry Pottery type stuff in a number of different ways where it's like yeah he's still a kid and he has to go to school
1: and just playing on you know again more Japanese tropes just riffing on the, the classroom They're oh this class is a whole team. other anime genre Ray has the the anime seat which is like by know, the window third from the back by the window on the, you know, if you're looking at the classroom, the right hand side, which yeah, is
0: every single anime show. That's where the character sits. Yeah. Like
1: start, start looking for it. I, I'm sure it's just like a nice easy angle to use for animation. And it's nice to have the characters seated by the window to look out and see shit that's happening outside. Or... But it really is something that, yeah. It's I, like I, a Haruizu I think they Huru- Zamiya yeah. has one of the characters is there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the like blood sea, another one, there's a bunch, But yeah, so uh, we get
0: into, we get into his, he's, you know, he's the new kid. He's the transfer as the title implies. We get
1: into the hedgehog's
0: dilemma. Oh yeah. That's another one of the sort of, of where does that come from? Do you, I feel like you would know that. This is
1: a real, That's just a fable, a real thing. I don't think it's original to this, but it becomes sort of the, in some ways, the thesis of the show, which, you know, you've, you've hopefully watched the episode, but the basic idea is that a hedgehog trying to get close to another hedgehog and the closer that you get to them, they, they hurt each other with their spines so they can never truly be close to one another. And using this to describe shinji and you know young people and people in general, by extension, the idea of you want closeness with other people, but that is so fraught with that's where pain comes from is this desire to, to fumble and get close to people. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why it's
0: better that... to just be alone always forever. <laughs> Just never never open up to anybody always
1: well no i mean like, what does aritsuko say like you got to find that that balance of of being close enough but not too close that it causes too much pain maybe
0: but, um, but so so we get into the you know seeing him be isolated here and you know uh, uh, the phone that doesn't ring is the cell phone that that she's gotten him which is interesting because this takes place in 2015 oh and- is it a cell phone yeah, I think so. I think she gets an assistant. Is it not that? I think there's an image of a cell phone when oh, she says okay. it. I wasn't paying attention. I mean, it's, it's, they it's, cellular phones would have existed in Japan at that point in 1995, but I mean, they're imagining this is 2015, which is it's funny. There's no texting; of there would be, but like you know, she. But talks they all have
1: laptops, it. and there's going to be a really yeah. good like texting joke later on.
0: Yeah, so we so so we're seeing him be an outsider, and people know that he's the new kid, and they they think that he's there's rumors around school in a sort of Harry Potter kind of way that that you know maybe he's. Involved because it's we're also seeing how like you know everybody in Tokyo Three is aware. I mean, you know, this is this is big news when this stuff happens, and so everybody's yeah. well. Aware we that talked there is last time
1: about the cost, like of yeah. people living in this, and I think that's really ep- epitomized by a character that I really want to call out as the big introduction. Well, two, uh, there's Kensuke Aida, who is the guy in the glasses. He's, He's the a
0: sort of like nerdy guy that's like a fan of of the. Avas and yeah, stuff he, he thinks they're cool he
1: is the otaku yeah. like representative here and then there's toji suzahara who is another one of my favorites who is um the tough guy kind of the jock he's he speaks Where he wears a track suit as all tough guys in japan do all the time <laughs> and the thing is you'll you'll probably notice depending on you know the translation of the subtitles and just listening to his voice and the dub voice and stuff is he speaks with uh with an osaka dialect so he speaks in a slightly different it's usually translated into english as like a southern accent but it's sort of people from osaka versus people from tokyo and the, the kansai district tend to be you know,
0: maybe more brash. Um, I've been told that too. That I've been told that I've never been to Osaka myself, but I've, I've been told that, that, that the funny thing about Osaka is that everyone speaks, there's much less uh, English being spoken than there is in Tokyo, mm. but they're much more friendly oh, and sort of outgoing. And my friends that have, that have been there say that like, yeah, it's like you go to a bar and everybody wants to like talk to you, but they can't really speak English, but there's a much more Well, of and of I've a, heard like, that uh,
1: English with an Osaka accent is a lot harder for in- native English speakers to understand as well. i believe that yeah. Um, because a lot of the Americanized stuff are, you know, English words, uh, they're sort of made for Tokyo pronunciation, mm. but anyway, it's sort of like right, right off the bat. It's sort of, that helps characterize the character yeah. as he's this, you know, sort of brash kind of guy, but he's talking about at the top of the episode that his sister was pinned under debris because of the battle with Sakiel from yeah. the, the last angel that appeared. So he's pissed off and he... Doesn't like whoever whoever that pilot is that our own guys fucking mm-hmm. up our shit. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, they call out that shinji's sort of shitty at being a pilot, which is funny because he kind of is at that point. Well,
1: because everybody does find out that he is the pilot. This is the texting joke yeah. I was talking about. Is everybody's got these laptops in the classroom, and the rumor has it that oh, the new kid he, he might be the pilot. So somebody just some girl at the back mm-hmm. of the room texts him and is like, "Are you the pilot?" "Yes, no."
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, the it's, like it's the, it's at this point, it's like a futuristic version of passing a note. Cause this is right. like, I don't think that they had laptops in classrooms in Japan in no. 1995, but that was, you know, they accurately predicted that now, you know, in high schools, kids have iPads and shit like that. And so, like, yeah, they all have these laptops. And so they have some sort of like inter classroom network where they can type to each other, like an instant messenger kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so they check yes or no. And he says yes. And then everyone freaks the fuck out. <laughs> it's,
1: just being an idiot, he just like, in a, in a lot of shows, this would be like, well, no, you got to keep it secret and like yeah, no. sort of run with this secret identity thing like a superhero for like half of the episodes. But he just immediately, she's like, uh, yes? <laughs> because, well,
0: yes? Because, I mean, I, I interpret it as he, he's, he's, he's both guileless and also appreciates the attention. <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> yeah, maybe so. You know, and, 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 but yeah, but what's funny about that scene, and, they, and again, this episode has a lot of stuff in it and I'm sure that we're going to miss bits of it, but like it's worth talking about. In that scene, and this is a very Anno, you know, thing to do, not only the having massive amounts of mythology and backstory that you eke out in different that weird is, ways, yeah, that's
1: not put in the foreground.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so so there's like the real classic high school, you know, trope of the boring. It's like Ben Stein and you know whatever, like the right. like the teacher that's just up there droning on it and on and, on and on. Looks like and on. Ben Stein. And, yeah, I mean maybe there might even be a reference to Ferris Bueller. I of not know, but like it's it's this. We start the scene and, and it's like quiet because they're typing at each other, so you, you you're sort of still paying attention to him. But as the scene progresses, we get we're paying less and less attention to him, but what he's talking about is actually incredibly important information that will come out in later parts of the show, but this is, I this think... This is the big drop. And it's I the think, first time, and it's God, significant. I've been waiting
1: for it because I've been dancing around and not wanting to go into too much detail because it's like, oh, well, it's a spoiler. Yeah, we talked about it last time, yeah. But you can see how it's just kind of dumped out there, and that's, that's why spoilers are so tricky with this because it's a lot of this just place setting stuff is, yeah, it's the teacher droning on in the background while a more important character driven scene is happening basically in the foreground. But yes, there was this thing that happened called second impact that happened 15 years in the past. So probably right around the time that Shinji was born. So around the year 2000 or something. Yes. year 2000. And the story is that he's telling us that a meteor struck the earth, melted the polar ice caps, fucked with the weather. Now we're in this land of eternal summer uh, he doesn't go into a ton of detail about this, but there was lots of wars and upheavals. This is what led to the UN becoming like the new world government, half, you know, a big chunk of Japan underwater and thousands of people died. And that's sort of where our world is. So he's basically giving us the status quo of the world of Evangelion. Yeah.
0: So three episodes in now we understand that that's why there's, you know, the warm water penguins and that's why Tokyo, you know, presumably has you know, the, the, the advanced version, Tokyo Cicadas three. And the, are so fucking loud. And it's, yeah, it's this, this thing, but it's, and it's also sort of funny to me that like, I mean, because it's, you know, it's very well documented and famous that, you know, Gojira, the the first Godzilla movie is, you know, a, a sort of dealing with the atomic bomb and, you know, right. like, c- catastrophe and what that did to the country. And it's like, you know, so we're, he's sort of playing the hits here in terms of like, OK, we're referencing back to like some catastrophic event. And, you know, I mean, it's mm. worldwide at this point, but like, you know, th- this is all in the aftermath of something like that. And that seems that seems You know,
1: it's certainly a whole thing of, you know, from Akira to Evangelion to to Godzilla to a lot of the big stuff is that a lot of Japanese pop culture definitely is about and takes place in a world that is in the fallout of disaster and sometimes thinly veiled or less thinly veiled nuclear disaster. And that's because, you know, their popular culture exists in a world that is yeah. post nuclear disaster. That...
0: And it's, it's, it's funny how, I mean, I don't think, I mean, everybody talks about, you know, it's like, if you don't watch a lot of anime or whatever, it's, it's like the, 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 the sort of like, Oh, anime. So just like crazy and weird and like, Oh, it's just all this like weird stuff where it's, it's gross. And so these things like that or whatever, but it's like, you know, it, so much of this stuff exists. You know, started existing in that post World War II. You know, like it didn't really become to like the '80s or something. But it, like that is their culture is just. You know, it's a different. They're reacting to different things than we did. Yes. It's just it, it, it is a fundamentally different perspective on the world, and I I, I enjoy it. I think that's cool. But it's easy to forget that. Like watching Akira, especially. I've seen that movie so many times before. That I, like think in about a that completely that's what different way for yeah. somebody else. So. Yeah. Um,
1: us we'll talk about. Toji was sort of walk walk through the episode and and Toji's big introduction, his first interaction with Shinji once he finds out that he's the pilot, which is, I know, a a personal, you know, thing for us because we've seen so many different translations. Mm -hmm. But I know uh, the idea of, sorry, newcomer, I had to clobber you.
0: That was the original one that we got attached to. I think so. Now he says, sorry, new kid I had to beat you up or something transfer student yeah I had to beat you up the original line is sorry new summer I had to I had to clobber you otherwise I wouldn't be satisfied (laughs) which I love
1: I've seen another one that was um you know sorry I I had to but I had to sock you good
0: yeah that's pretty good so
1: all of it you know doing his trying to do some sort of American approximation of his uh, approximation of his accent but but the idea here being that in order to feel okay about what happened to his sister, Toji's gotta you know take it out physically because he's you know that boisterous kind of guy. So he
0: punches Shinji, and Shinji just markedly does not fight back. He doesn't fight back. He just he, lays what is there. He,
1: he says something while he's laying there that that causes Toji to punch him again.
0: I don't remember. Yeah, it's we the, could rewind the, it the if the we wanted punch. to.
1: Um, and that's sort of their first. Meeting, uh, of yeah, which is characters. a great
0: introduction for this character, and you know, we'll see where the where, relationship where goes. goes with him. But and then, then Ray comes to get, Shinji. yeah, which is like the first one of the first times we see Ray talk, and it's the first time she talks to Shinji, really. <laughs> she that, doesn't
1: say much, it's like, there, there's an emergency meeting. call, I'll go ahead, <laughs> that's right.
0: And she's still got her cast on and stuff like that, so we don't see Ray like in action or anything like that, but like, you know, presumably, you know, there's the, the, the alarm's been sounded, and there's a big, Rey, a big
1: deal, Ray Ray's a big deal.
0: Maybe the you know, the other biggest character that you
1: know. yes, and and a, a kind of a watershed character for you know anime tropes and stuff. there you are kind of hard pressed to find an anime that doesn't have a Ray type character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In the aftermath of this, for for a good long while, and even still today,
0: which is sort of I mean, if I had to kind of like. Uh, uh in a sort of narrative entertainment fossil record type of thing, I'd like a Spock kind of thing.
1: Yeah. There's a bit of Spock there and it it is interesting to see that type of thing. You know, there's obviously, um, uh, Blade Runner-y kind of stuff Mm -hmm. going on in terms of somebody who, you know, is, is so closed off emotionally. Um, yeah, Spock's a good example. I've
0: actually liked it. I've never thought about this before. Do you happen to know if Star Trek is popular in Japan?
1: I don't know off, off I've never end. thought about that. You know, it mean, seems like it would be but it also circles. seems like it probably just could be good north cuz they have so been, much shit like that there's that they, been they just don't care. stuff where I've seen in anime I'm trying to think, like there's something called Otaku no video that's that's all about like otaku culture and stuff and yes I think a lot of the gynox guys talk about the ship design and stuff so definitely cuz cuz
0: trekkies standpoint. are kind of like maybe even the earliest version of otaku in a way yeah, like it kind of kind of became yeah. like that's like the fact that we even had a name because like you know now every fan group if a show if a tv show has been on for one season the fans right. call it, have a name for themselves but like i think trekkies was like maybe the first
1: please trekkers they, they... well, well maybe... there's a distinction yeah now.
0: there is a distinction although i, I don't really ever hear a trekker anymore i know that used to be a bigger distinction because there was a trekkers were like tng people or something Trek
1: trekkies wanted to was it, one of them wanted to live in the world like wanted uh, to like be a part of the world like and, they're speaking sort of clean role and, playing shit like that. and yeah. stuff and the others were just you know fans of the narrative i think i have to watch the documentary again but we're getting uh, Anyhow, yeah, uh yeah yeah out of, uh, out of, Dude, i don't secret.
0: know if evangelion fans have a name for themselves but but
1: the idea of taking the spock trope and, yeah. and filtering it through like the you know the, the harem trope which i know sounds so, so unwoke but the idea of you know a harem being an anime thing of and sometimes it is very you know uh, culturally like ugh, questionable and um, problematic, but but it, it goes both ways with gender too. But the idea of that in a show like this, especially a show made for young people, you sort of have these different avatars of who you have a crush on, who you want to be with, and and oftentimes you have a character that has to choose. It is that you know I brought up mm-hmm. before the Twilight thing of do you, do you want the the werewolf or the vampire? Do you want do you want the bad boy or the or the clean cut guy or this guy or that guy? You know, and uh, so taking Spock and kind of putting him into that yeah, kind of yeah. thing uh, is really fascinating. Uh,
0: yeah. So at this point, we don't know that much about Ray, no, but you, but she's cool. obviously just dis- distant and, and whatever. And uh, and they go. So we'll just to get back on the plot. So they they go. Ray doesn't do anything yet, but Shinji has to you know get in Unit One and, and...
1: because a giant penis is flying into the city. <sighs> yeah.
0: What's the name of this angel? This
1: is Sham Shell. Uh This is. Uh, again, named after real angel. Th- this angel and Sakiel are both designed by a guy named Yoshito Asari, who is you know a creature designer and does all sorts of stuff. He does another angel later on, Zeruel, who's another one of the big ones. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'll try and call out... Uh, that's cool. I didn't realize that came. the angels
0: themselves had different... Uh, either the, the character design was different people. I kind of... Yeah,
1: you've got... I mean, the, the people are designed by Yoshiyuki Satamoto and he's the mm-hmm. guy who was the author of the manga adaptation of Evangelion, which is really interesting because it kind of starts to deviate. I've read most of it. I'd like to to finish it. That's, that's a whole other thing, but it, it took... It just finished up... I want to say, like, four years ago. Really? Yeah, and it started concurrently with the show. Jesus. And there were huge gaps between the thing. But yes, Oh, okay, it's... so it wasn't just, like, an every month no, thing. No, no, oh, it, no. It just okay. covers the same narrative thing as up through End of Evangelion, pretty much, and it starts to deviate a little bit, obviously, once it starts to get into the end stuff. But, but yeah, that's so he's the character designer, and he wrote and drew the whole manga. Interesting. we will be worth, you know, maybe covering at some point on this. But yeah, and then you have the mecha designer who we talked about last time is different, and then the different angels had different designers. So That's cool. So you've got different people sort of coming in to do uh, different things. Uh, I did just a little cursory glance at, at Shamshel or ShamCL and you know all the different things, but um, he's the, the 16th watcher of the 20 leaders of the 200 fallen angels okay. mentioned in the book of Enoch. And his name means son of God, but not S-O-N, S-U-N. Interesting.
0: Well, in this, he looks like a big phallus that flies around with sort of like light, uh, kind of laser t- tentacles. Yeah, laser I, tentacles.
1: I, I brought up uh, Beat Takeshi's character in Johnny Mnemonic. He yeah. has like a, a thumb laser, like a laser whip that he can take out, and that's that's its sort of main weapon.
0: It's, yeah, and, it, and it's cool because it, like it, there's, there's a bit that we both laughed at where it it, it whips pet like knocks Shinji over and uh, and it slices a like a skyscraper like clean, which is what you made the Takeshi, the beat Takeshi joke, like, but like it, like slices it, and you just see the building slide <laughs> off of it, Curry sort of in the like, background of the shot. This is, is, is nice. the first
1: time we see the buildings sink into the into the ground in preparation for an yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, and everybody goes into the shelters. Like, you know, again. Yeah, so we're covering this is very, the very Godzilla. Sort of Great, yeah. In these these emergency shelters, uh, Godzilla, it's, uh, Gojira, they're they're in the aftermath, but. People, um, you know, sort of in the school. The host, maybe think of the host when everybody's in like, yeah, the high school yeah. auditorium. And uh, sh- uh, Toji and Kensuke are two of the people that are that are holed up in there. Kensuke doesn't want to be.
0: Yeah, and he starts to kind of ragging on Toji for, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, you beat him up, and he's the guy that's saving everybody in the <laughs> thing. So, like, you beating him up might actually like fuck everything. You know, like we might all die because he's not he's going to be worse at piloting it because you heard him and stuff and so but mostly he just wants to
1: get out there to see it for himself because yeah. he's such a geek for military hardware and stuff that he's like I got to see it in person and then of course the you know they're not showing any of this footage it's just a still photo of like nature on the, yeah, yeah, the, the emergency the broadcast, broadcast yeah. system so so they sneak out to go and see the fight and they're watching shinji fight this thing and he gets thrown. <laughs> well, Shin, so Shinji's standing.
0: like a little. He's like he starts the fight a little overconfident because he's been training, and it's and it's it's right. It's a good point. You know, the 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 training at the beginning kind of looks almost exactly like the fight, just with a different angel in it. And he's overzealous with his, uh, you know, because we we've seen him learning how to shoot the gun with his. And you know, pull the there's a point clip, to what
1: what. Uh, kensuke was saying too and that he was in the cockpit at one point he's sort of like why am i doing this again like my dad's not here that's mm-hmm. the big thing is is gendo's out of, out of town for some reason yeah. so Misato's kind of in charge but he he's had to go like see a guy about a dog or something <laughs> he's he's <laughs> went in, out, in went the out cockpit. For cigarettes <laughs> and it's like i did last time he did it because his, his dad told him to and it's like okay i gotta do this for my dad and because of ray and this time you know he's getting the shit beat out of him by kids at school and it's like well why am i I'm not getting praise, and my dad's not here. Why am I here doing this? So he is psyched out because of what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, so we see him get overzealous. And this is we should talk about at fields. Oh um, yeah, because we didn't uh, last time, and and it it, it has a uh, a resonance in this. So that so the, the, you you could actually probably explain it better. But they they have these like sort of invisible force fields. Both the angels and the avas do.
1: Yes, the avas do. That's why the avas are the only weapons that can take on the angel. The angels they all have a core which is the rig red tomato looking thing that he was stabbing with the rib in the in yeah. the last episode. And you got to destroy the core to destroy the angel. And then the angels also have a, an absolute terror field is what AT stands for. And it is, yeah, like, like a force field and what the Evangelions are the only thing that's the weapon that has an AT field of their own so they can erode... The AT field of the
0: angels. So, so yes, yeah, like- so if you're, like, firing conventional weapons at... Because it's, like, it's a trope in the Godzilla-type universe of just, like, you know, firing guns at, you know, just sort of typically <laughs> just, you know, his skin's so thick or something like that. But in this, they have these sort of force fields, and uh there's you know much made of it in the the, the last angel fight where he's able to, to tear it open and like you know neutralize or erode the force field yeah, you that gotta one. fight
1: and, fire with fire to get in there to attack them That's and quite. in this
0: one he he it's almost you know shinji fucks up and forgets that this is a thing and he just unloads a whole clip onto this thing mm-hmm. and uh uh Obscures, just, yeah, yeah. The the, the, so the smoke, you know, um, uh, Masato points out, like you idiot, like you just, you just, you know, covered him with your own smoke and the thing. And then so that sort of gives the angel a window to to burst out and attack him. And we, that's when we see him sort of fuck up. And there's a great little detail um, that's just more of the disturbing stuff. Where there's a part where he grabs onto the. The, the laser tentacles with his, the Ava's you know right. armored hand in it, and it burns through the thing. And so you, you, we see now that the Ava has like this, it's like a fucked up, like, it looks like a human hand. It's a human
1: hand with like human fingernails. Yeah, like it's like fingernails. Him. Like it's
0: yeah. like, which, you know, they're missing a scene at least, as far as I can remember, where they like you know use a crane to clip the if, if <laughs> yeah, his fingernails. Does it, does it they don't do that. I don't know if they grow or not, but um, but it's like yeah, it's got like a you fairly know, fairly dark skin complexion, and it's
1: but he's grabbing the tentacles because he's trying to protect Kensuke and Toji yeah. who have stumbled out there, and Kensuke sort of realizes like this is why he can't fight. It's because we fucking came out here. So between mm-hmm. the two of them, between Toji psyching him out with that punch earlier, and then Kensuke wanting to go out there, they're really like making things more difficult for yeah. Shinji in here and, and we get to this thing
0: well the, well, the, well and it's the free, it's it's the we talked about it last time and then we're talking about it we said they set it up at the beginning here but this whole time limit thing right that that is yeah, so is, is a is a useful sliced. it always stresses me out every time i watch it but yeah the laser general slice the thing off so now the, the ticking clock of five minutes which i just i mean it's like i said it's realistic it stresses me out because like with all timing things in any movie or TV show, sometimes it's real time and sometimes they stretch it out for the narrative mm. purposes. And in this, there's this whole bit where uh, uh, Toji and uh, are get See, inside Misada, the entry. Masato
1: just like tells them to get let them in the cockpit.
0: And, and, and it's like, but they're at like minute, th- like three and a half or something with it. It's like, it would take so long for them to do that. It's well, like, it's that like would burn up so the clock. It's like, it's so high whatever.
1: up there. There's, uh, now, the payoff is worth all of this, but I will, the, I, I've never really liked that they can just climb into the cockpit. Because it's full of LCL and like pressurized. And so then they, they yeah. can just kind of somehow climb way up that Evangelion and splash in, in there. In like
0: a minute. Yeah. But, you know, whatever, whatever. Because the fine, payoff it's is fine. great.
1: Because what happens is they're all in the cockpit together. And Shinji fucking loses his shit because he's down to one minute. And right yeah. when it hits one minute, and it's beep. You know, like red, <laughs> the, the clock turns red and he just charges at the thing and he takes out the progressive he dis- knife, disobeys orders.
0: Disobeys a direct order. Yeah, which is interesting because, I mean, then that's worth... Because, you know, Shinji's... He, he, we're tracking his, you know, shyness and his boldness and stuff is a component of the show. And so this is him. They,
1: they've already said he kind of gets along, gets through life just doing what everybody tells him.
0: Yeah, and so this is him. You know, I think to some degree he wants to, like, prove himself. He's got these other guys there that, you know, that beat him up earlier and he, he wants to be tough. And so he screams and freaks out and goes after, takes out the progressive knife, which is, this is the first
1: time? First maybe? time we've seen the progressive knife, which is just... There's so many... This show is just and it by design just dense with things just uh, language and stuff and like seeds and probably stuff that was you know it's world building stuff but also things that were like we were going to pay off on these clues um and some of them just don't ever get finished up (laughs) or paid off on Mm -hmm. um or or some some of them do but anyway the progressive knife is one of the one of the weapons that we'll hear about again and again um, and the idea is like a, it's a vibro knife. It's a vibro blade, and that it's vibrating so quickly it can like slice through anything. Mm-hmm. But he, he uses that to stab the core of the angel and take it out. But uh, he's screaming the whole time. Yeah.
0: He's, it's kind of the most energy we've seen him express. In but the it's sh- upsetting because yeah. a, a,
1: the, the whole light inside the cockpit is turned red and he's just letting out all this pain and anger. Uh, it seems to me.
0: I mean, on this on this watch, I'm kind of um, I, I'm surprised and impressed at how qu- I've kind of forgot how quickly Sh- Shinji has both the sad sack, oh, okay, go along to get along kind of attitude, and the I'm a angsty hormonal, you know, abandonment teenager. I mean, you know, I mean that he's a troubled guy, and that he just. That he's got this rage in him that obviously you know the berserk thing and stuff was you know we already saw that so it's not like this is foreign but I've just I mean, it's like they're only three episodes in and, and he's a complex character and I don't yeah.
1: and we talk about this with misato too and that is the really flippant side and then this like really serious side and like a lot of the characters have that and then he has this very outward humble obedient uh you know exterior and then inside yeah he's got He's got issues, and he's in a fucking giant robot that can do a lot of damage.
0: Well, and I think you know, this is—I mean, you—you you were a bit more dialed into some of this stuff than I was when when we were first getting into the show and watching it. But there's definitely like, like fan reaction to Shinji. He's not a character that's easy to love, and some people, right, you know, don't like him. And I think I, I think to some degree, his, his humanity probably makes people uncomfortable. Uh, well,
1: I saw somebody on Twitter. Just talking about the show, and God, I wish I could credit this person because it's uh, very apt. Is like how it wasn't
0: Aaron, was it? I,
1: no, I don't think so. No. It, we, they were just talking about how, and I think it was just anecdotal of somebody said this to them. But how much you love this show is inversely proportional to how you felt about yourself at the time that you watched oh, it. Oh yeah, I forget who said that. <laughs> the more you hated yourself, the more you love the show uh and I, I i can sort of apply that to to shinji is you know i think we said this before but you know shinji doesn't love himself and uh i, I didn't love myself at 14 i still don't love myself as an adult
0: now it's it's a good i don't really know how i felt about myself at that age i think i wasn't thinking about it very much right you know but, she, I, but I but i but i did I well did there are other characters to him. i relate to it of... more now to be quite honest with you i think i mean like you know, just in terms of like not, well, I mean, not to- understanding Toji is a
1: character that doesn't think about it very much. You know, I think mm-hmm. Toji is a character that gets by he's like, I care about my sister. Very uh, reactionary I, I guy, very reactionary. And I don't think too deeply about these things because I don't necessarily want to, but he clearly has deep emotions. Right. And we're going to have, we have Ray who we've just seen glimpses of, but is very cold about things and very distant from things. There are other characters that are going to be introduced later that are, very brash and hot-headed and use that to cover up insecurities. And then Mm -hmm. there's, you know, Shinji who's very aware of his shortcomings and focuses on those as opposed to, you know, his strengths. So we get a real gamut of teenage characters who are all feeling weak and feeling about themselves a certain way, whether they allow themselves to express that or not.
0: Yeah, and it's in in the, the, the Ava sort of becomes, you know, part of Shinji's self-expression because it is, you know, it that's where he feels safe to be emotional. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's the screaming and the violence and stuff. It's like, well, that doesn't, he doesn't, you know, really, I mean, I'm sure there's other things, but like that's, so far in this, this is where we see him have those feelings. And it's, you know, and, he's... And
1: also, this is where toji sees him have those feelings and yeah. this is where the payoff of the whole fact that they're in the cockpit which is kind of irks him from a, from a really technical yeah practical logical, to log- logical thing it yeah. pays off in such a way that after the battle's over and the, the ava's battery is dead and they're just like sitting there frozen with the knife implanted and the angel who's now been killed and they're just you know trapped in there all together and shinji's just after his outburst just like weeping and just mm-hmm. hunched over and crying and you see the expression on toji's face is like shit like this guy's going through stuff that i was not aware of and yeah. that's that's the thing when you're a kid is everybody's you know and i was a high school teacher for nine years and one of the things that kind of drill into you as a teacher is like you never know what's going on at home for any of these people so they present themselves in a certain way and they behave a certain way and there's there's shit going on with them and that's because there's there's a backstory that they don't necessarily want you to know, and like Toji's like, yeah, I want to punch you because you're mm-hmm. res- I feel responsible for what happened to my sister. But then you can see the pain that this guy's going through. And on Toji's face, you can see the the pain of like he does, he doesn't know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. like they watching this kid cry, and I don't know what to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's definitely like it's it's an episode that I mean, we're getting so much information about stuff that's been withheld from us you know, on a plot level of like, okay, so, you know, the second impact or whatever, uh, you know, here's like some of the physics of the, the okay, this is how the Ava's the work. This is like, the, the, they're powered this way. Okay. They use f- these weapons that they have, you know, this is, they train him in this way. So we're seeing a bunch of the stuff that like, at this point, if you, if you've just been watching and you're sort of lost in some of the details, okay, now we're getting that, but we're also getting, you know, more sides to Shinji that, we're kind of getting by just watching it. There's less discussion of it in this episode. Is there like another episode? There's more like talking about things and this is more just watching him be a certain way and watching people react to him in a certain way. And, mm-hmm. and the, you know, yeah, it's just like, it's a good, it's a good episode. I forget that this is like, it's so fast. Well, and
1: it has a powerful ending. Like, this is the thing I think, you know, I remember watching X files and there would be certain episodes that when, when it would cut to black and executive producer, Chris Carter would come mm-hmm. up, like it would be, be like really impactful like they would know w- what to cut out on and how you know certain episodes are really good at that and you know buffy had another one like when when you know executive producer joss whedon would come up and you'd you'd cut to black on something really great and i think this the last episode as well i think it ends on misada saying you know hang Misato mm-hmm. saying hang in there to shinji and this is you know we at the top of the thing we get the silent phone as the title of the episode toji's freaking out after all this happens because he's like oh it's been three days and kensuke's like three days since what like since he since he came to school since he stopped showing up to school and he's all worried about shinji now and kensuke gives him the phone number and toji goes it's like a rainy day it's like Mm -hmm. you hear the sound of the rain outside you get this shot from outside of the school of toji picking up the phone it's like okay i'm gonna call him Uh, you know this this kid that he feels guilty for the way that he introduced him and Hedgehog's dilemma creeps in and Toji's Gonna do it And I think he even dials and then we mm-hmm. just see him hang up the phone and walk away and the phone continues to never ring. And Shinji doesn't know, but there was somebody that was about to call him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there's something about just cutting to black on and they, they let it they let the rain keep falling and he walks away and you get a good, you know, twenty seconds of just the still shot of the school, again using that stillness mm-hmm. to like underline the point of these two people who almost connected but didn't connect and how that ties into the Hedgehog's Dilemma and how that plays off on the title. It's just the level of, you know, I don't know, craft and attention to detail. And, and all in resonance. fucking like
0: 22 minutes? Yeah.
1: With a giant robot fight. Yeah, and that's, I mean, like I, you and know. in the third episode before it, quote unquote, gets crazy. You know, like yeah. this, is, this is still when it was just a, intended to be a normal mech show
0: and it's it's like i mean i you know we we don't need to get all like shop talky here but it it comes up a lot you know we said we we're you know we're writers and and we've written a lot of different stuff and different forms and things like that but it's funny to me that like in we said before i think in episode zero maybe that you know it's it's 30 minute is is seen in america or traditionally had been seen in america as comedy as sitcom length and 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 that serious shit takes an hour to do and Like... Again, a lot of the times, you know, I don't know what this was like to watch this when it aired. It would be very interesting. To I don't see. even. know I
1: should look at what time of day it aired. That's is a really a, good is question. Was this morning show? Is this an evening show? What,
0: because uh, like this, is these things are so fast, and typically, you know, we've always watched it on DVDs, and you tend to watch like a disc a night or something like. Well, this. VHS is first. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, but like when we would, you know, when we would like, you know, we do it with get, you know, you you get like a group. You kind of pick your group of people that you're going to show it to this time. You have five or six people. You don't want too many. You don't want. Then you sit
1: there like Kumail Nanjiani
0: and. Uh, the big sick and just watch them. No, 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 absolutely. Just stare at them and wait for (laughs) their facial
1: expressions to change.
0: And it's like, yeah, you, you you do it in like two hour chunks. And like, you know, a lot of time you do it in like a week or you do it in a weekend or something like that. And like it, so you, you, you start to lose shape of how tight the narratives are are in an individual episode and i think that that's for me right now and i think this is one of the reasons why this is fun that we're doing people are gonna just watch it like they're just gonna
1: devour the whole not if they
0: stop every time and listen to our fucking podcast in between
1: i totally get binging and i think binging in chunks is kind of fine but especially with this show it's so good to let it sit for a minute to like to live with The image of the eyeball staring at Shinji in the last episode, and this this image of Toji walking away from the phone at the end of this episode, and you know, Shinji's screaming, uh, you know, inside the cockpit and and crying. Like, you kind of just let these images sit with you at night, you know, when you're staring at your ceiling.
0: I I would say, I mean, you know, and again, nobody gives a fuck what we actually think about this. Um, two things it's the fact that it's 26 episodes, and then presumably the two movies, uh, as well, that like. At least it it it's it's over like I don't know it's like 15, 16 hours of content so there's literally no way you can binge it in one sitting so that's good because there's some of the some some,
1: some people might be... I mean some
0: people see. might but I'm saying like you know on a realistic level like when like Maniac or something went up when it's like right. eight episodes or something like you know you know if I'm, if I'm bored enough I'll do a whole thing sometimes
1: sure Stranger Things yeah oh yeah just yeah, sit yeah. the whole eight hours order. so
0: hopefully it's a little bit beyond your reach as far as just an actual single sitting viewing. But I, I would say, and again, this is where I say, no one needs to give a fuck what I think or what anybody thinks. I think that this is a great show to, to do in little chunks. And I think that, you know, you treat it like a, you know, cause 20, 22 minutes is very short. Yeah. Um, you're not going to watch one and I, I get that. If you want to watch one and listen to the podcast, I think that's the best way of doing it. But <laughs> I think that realistically, if you watch, you know, two or three in a row, and then, you know, take a little break, you know, or something and let it kind of sink in because the tonalities of this and the progression of those tonalities as it, it sort of snowballs into things over time is, is really a, there it's, are it's all a, it's little a really scenes, great experience. And it, it is
1: designed for your imagination to sort of filter these different channels. And your, I just think your connection to the characters is going to be greater if you sort of, you know, drive around with them in your head for a minute and not know exactly what happens to them and where they're going to go and what's you know what's going to happen.
0: But, but if you've already seen it and you, you want to just blow through it, you know, you know be, be my guest. But I... I, uh, I
1: mean, I think it'll work. However, you, I mean, it's still such just, a journey. And I'm,
0: I'm mostly saying this because the, the experience of doing what we're doing right now with the podcast means that we are being forced to look at these as individual episodes, which I've never done before. You know, we, we like I said, we hmm. would do it that way in the, 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 the early days. And I think like now it's like looking at it and just kind of... I'm, I'm marveling as a writer... And also, you know, I mean, I'm, we were always writers, but like now that I can really look at that stuff and appreciate it, I think that the 22 minute form is, you know, it's a, it's an interesting one and they're using it to the absolute fullest extent of its possibilities in this show. And I think that like, if they, if you care about writing and you care about the craft and you are interested in breaking this thing apart and really looking at it, uh, I, you could you can each one of these is a perfect little gemstone I think it's just like you could you could hold it up to the light and look at every edge of it and really yeah appreciate and I, and it. I think
1: that that's that's rare for for any serialized narrative but you know particularly you know anime there's uh, there's tons of great anime out there obviously but th- this level of sort of you know literary and thematic sort of uh, specificity of like that this one is so much about People trying to connect and the and the pitfalls of that. I mean, the whole show is about that. But, but just starting with Hedgehog's dilemma and ending with you know the way we do with the phone not ringing. It just feels so tight and and uh, deliberate. Um, that yeah, I'm just yeah. kind of amazed. It's always it's always hit me hard and just yeah all the. I was worried a little bit coming back to this with so much time having passed and so many leaps and bounds being made in animation and even seeing the the Evangelion rebuild movies mm, that, that this is going to feel you know too quaint or too small or I'd be frustrated by some of it and that's not it's at all not at all been the case. No, it's it's, just...
0: it's as fresh as the day. I, I if anything, I cannot believe this was nineteen ninety five, mm. that this was airing on television and children were seeing this is totally mind blowing <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um this is sophisticated shit and it should be treated as such. But That's, uh we probably gonna... should yeah, call we'll, it
1: we'll call it and uh, come back for episode zero four. Yeah. And uh I look at, there's the two titles again. Uh I, I think Hedgehog's Dilemma is probably what the D V D calls it, but uh mm-hmm. the far superior other title that I've got here is Rain, comma. After running away.
0: Oh uh, well, those are both good, but yeah, Rain I feel you on that. After running away. Yeah, that sounds mean? like a that sounds like a Ryuchi Sakamoto album title or something. It's, it sounds
1: like some sort of you know like I don't know like a uh, Walt Whitman poem or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um,
0: um, okay, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Yeah.